we're excited to share that the following offer has been extended through the end of the week. We hope you become a member today. Tuesday, February 28th marks one year since we launched the DSR Daily Brief. We're showing our thanks by providing you with our best sale price ever on membership. From now through March 4th, visit the dsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DAILYBRIEF to receive 50% off our regular membership price of $50 per year or $5 per month. Members receive access to bonus content, an ad-free listening experience, exclusive blog posts, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. This is a one-time only offer, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code daily brief to receive 50% off. Thank you for your support. It's March 6th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The BBC is reporting that the head of Russia's Wagner private army has said it is not getting the ammunition it needs from Moscow as it seeks to gain control of Bakhmut. Russian troops from Wagner and regular Russian forces are trying to seize the eastern city of Ukraine, but Wagner boss Yevgeny Prigozhin has complained of a lack of ammunition, saying it could be ordinary bureaucracy or a betrayal. Separately, in a video posted on Saturday, but seemingly filmed in February, Mr. Prigozhin said his men feared that they were being set up as scapegoats if Russia lost its war in Ukraine. Last month, Mr. Prigozhin complained that Defense Minister Sergei Shogu and Chief of the General Staff Valery Gerasimov were withholding supplies of munitions to his troops. Pakistan's media regulator has banned television channels from broadcasting speeches and news conferences by Imran Khan, accusing the former prime minister of attacking the state's institutions and promoting hatred, according to Al Jazeera. The Pakistan Electronic Media Regulatory Authority imposed the ban late on Sunday after Khan gave a speech in the eastern city of Lahore, where he alleged that former Army Chief General Kamar Javed Bajwa was behind his removal from power in April last year. The cricketer-turned-politician made the speech after police from the capital Islamabad made an attempt to arrest him in a corruption case. Khan, who denies the charges, evaded the arrest. This was the third time the PEMRA has banned TV channels from airing Khan statements since he lost the premiership and started holding mass rallies to demand immediate national elections. At least five people were killed in a flare-up of violence along the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan in the disputed Nagorno-Karabakh region on Sunday. Deutsche Welle is reporting that officials on both sides blamed each other for the exchange of fire. Armenia said three police officers had been killed, while Azerbaijan said two of its soldiers became martyrs. 
Azerbaijan's foreign ministry said a shootout occurred when soldiers went to check vehicles suspected of transporting weapons. Armenia said the Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire on the car of a passport and visa department of the police. Elsewhere, according to Le Monde, South Korea announced plans to compensate victims of Japan's forced wartime labor, but without direct Japanese involvement as Seoul seeks closer ties with Tokyo to counter North Korea. South Korea and Japan are both key regional security allies of the United States, but bilateral ties have long been strained over Tokyo's brutal 1910-1945 colonial rule of the Korean Peninsula. Around 780,000 Koreans were conscripted into forced labor by Japan during the 35-year occupation, according to data from Seoul, not including women forced into sexual slavery by Japanese troops. U.S. top diplomat Antony Blinken applauded the plans announced by South Korea to compensate victims of Japan's forced wartime labor as Seoul looks to forge closer ties with Tokyo. South Korea and Japan are two of the United States' most important allies, and we are inspired by the work they have done to advance their bilateral relations, the Secretary of State said in a statement. The Seoul government's new plan will use a local foundation to accept donations from major South Korean companies, which benefited from the 1965 reparations package from Japan to compensate victims. The AP is reporting that unions are threatening to shut down France's economy this week in what they hope is their toughest action yet in protest to President Emmanuel Macron's plan to raise the retirement age. The first actions are expected today as truckers are being urged to block major highway arteries and interchanges in go-slow actions dubbed escargot operations. Unions plan an open-ended strike on the National Rail Service starting, starting later this evening. The government is bracing for the biggest disruptions tomorrow when strikes are expected across multiple sectors and protests are planned in cities across France against the retirement bill. The reform, which would raise the official pension age from 62 to 64 and require 43 years of work to earn a full pension, is currently under debate in Parliament. The complex pension bill is a centerpiece of Macron's presidency and his efforts to keep the French economy globally competitive. The centrist, business-friendly government says it's needed to keep the pension system solvent as the population ages and the fertility rate drops. Authorities encouraged people to work from home on Tuesday if possible. According to Kenya's The Nation, some 300 West African migrants were set to leave Tunisia on repatriation flights Saturday, fearful of a wave of violence since President Kais Saeed delivered a controversial tirade last month. In his February 21st speech, Saeed ordered officials to take urgent measures to tackle irregular migration, claiming without evidence that a criminal plot was underway 
to change Tunisia's demographic makeup. Saeed charged that migrants were behind most crime in the North African country, fueling a spate of sackings, evictions, and physical attacks against the community. A first group of 50 Guineans were flown home on Wednesday, while Ivory Coast and Mali prepared to repatriate a combined 295 of their citizens on special flights on Saturday, diplomats and community organizers said. According to official figures, there are around 21,000 undocumented migrants from other parts of Africa in Tunisia, a country of about 12 million inhabitants. Reuters reports that Ecuador's National Assembly on Saturday voted in favor of a report which recommends opening an impeachment process against President Guillermo Lasso, accusing him of corruption over dealings in public companies. The report, which is not binding, was approved by 104 of Ecuador's 137 lawmakers and an expected rejection of Lasso's leadership. Lasso, a conservative former banker, does not have a majority in the National Assembly and has repeatedly clashed with lawmakers, some of whom tried to oust him in 2022. The report concluded Lasso could have been involved in possible crimes against state security and public administration, assertions rejected by the government. In lighter news from CNN, Colombia plans to fly dozens of its cocaine hippos, the descendants of drug trafficker Pablo Escobar's private menagerie, to new homes in India and Mexico in a bid to control their booming population, according to the local governor. There are now between 130 and 160 of the hippos, where they began as a population of just one male and three females. The original hippos were part of a collection of exotic animals Escobar had amassed in the 1980s at his ranch about 155 miles from Medellin. After his death in 1993, authorities relocated most of the other animals, but not the hippos, because they were too difficult to transport. But they have since begun to reproduce rapidly, extending their reach along the Magdalena River Basin and they now pose an environmental challenge and are concerning nearby residents, authorities say. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, Chris spoke with Cameron Bokhari of the New Lines Institute about Israel and Palestine. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>